Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avancard DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Time to look further afield uh, than our, our own borders. Jonathan Bur- de Burka Butler joins us once again. Good afternoon, Sean, Jonathan. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, we're going to do uh, today's slot in Esperanto. Uh, <laughs> Private joke there, folks, from many years ago. Uh, Right, okay, the the, uh, uh, Solomon Islands uh, and China have uh, signed a deal. They have, uh, of sorts. So so Solomon Islands, um, first of all, are a group of islands. It's kind of a federation. They've had a lot of trouble, in-house trouble over the years, a a lot of infighting and kind of a civil war in the 1990s. But it's there at the end of New Guinea, right? And it's it's off the coast of the east, northeast coast of Australia, population of about 700,000. So it's not quite as big as Fiji, but it's big enough, like, and it'd be influential enough in the area with a population like that. Um, back in 2019, the government of Manasse Sogavare decided to switch his diplomatic allegiance from Taiwan to China. And as you can imagine, that caused a bit of a ruckus because people were asking him why he was doing that. And then shortly after, there was an influx of memorandums of understanding signed between the two governments and lots of Chinese investment came in. Mm. All right. There was rumours of MPs and there's only 50 MPs in the Solomon Islands that they were being paid off with Chinese money to vote these things through, right? So one of the islands, because as I said, it's a federation of lots of different islands, was not particularly happy with this. And it led to trouble a number of years ago, which resulted in rioting and the burning down of the local Chinatown. There is a Chinatown in this place, right? Wow. So eventually what happened um, was that the Australian police, who who they have a deal with, the Solomon Islands have a deal with, came in and they kind of calmed things down. So the Australians are a little bit annoyed that now, three years later, later, the Solomon Islands have gone and signed a apparent policing deal with the Chinese. And on the day that they signed that particular deal, the government tweeted out a photo of their police training with replica guns, with fake guns that the Chinese had just given them. So the Australians are kind of looking at them and going, you know, what are you doing making a deal with these guys when we said we'd sort you out? And mm. evidently we did a couple of years ago. At the same time that that deal was done, rumours started circulating that there was going to be a, a proposal around border security and military uh, military deals done as well. Now, what the Solomon Island needs with a military in, based in that particular area, nobody knows. And there was rumours yeah. that there why, were... Why are the yeah, Solomon exactly. Islands important to anybody? Exactly. Yeah. And there were rumours that basically the Chinese were going to be allowed to put some of their navy in the ports there. Ah, That's when ah. the Australians jumped in and they basically said, listen, we need people to be realistic about China's footprint and their exertion and uh, and pressure and the way that they conduct themselves. Um, so initially the Solomon Islands said, well, look, you know, we're an independent country. We can do what we want. Then a couple of days later, they backtracked and they said, look, we're, we're, we're probably not going to do that military deal with them, but we're still going to do the policing deal. I just think it's a fascinating story. Like Isn't it's a it really, really small country, you know. But a lot of people probably haven't heard about it up until this point. But it just shows you how far now the Chinese are willing to, you know, reach out right across the globe and you know just have little snippets of influence right across the Pacific in mm. Africa, wherever they can set up you know, trade agreements and do deals and gradually work their way into these places. Uh, interesting given that, that, that this is a military component to it for China where usually it's the, you know, we'll just invest money. Uh, uh, the, the, is it the Belt and Rail? Yeah, the Road and Bell scheme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the thing about China, which 
in a way it's kind of sounds weird which you, you kind of like about them in, in, in some sort of way that they stay away as much as they can from the aggression yeah. apart from their own internal yes, stuff yeah. obviously and they just seem to be more interested in trade and, that, and that's kind of what they do so it is interesting that military component uh, to it mm. and why they felt it was necessary um, I don't know that's a funny one yeah. I, they, they, I'll put it to you this way the Australians are right to probably be have an issue slightly concerned yeah. yes yeah. right uh, Sri Lanka we're going to go to next where uh, there have been protests uh, that didn't go that well no they didn't uh, Sri Lanka's in trouble at the moment um, they had a very bad time with the pandemic they, it's, it's a weird one because they they looked after their population quite well not that many people died and it didn't really get into the country as such but it has decimated their economy. Um, they have a very finely balanced uh, balance sheet between exports and imports, and you know they import their oil and an awful lot of stuff that they use to keep the lights on. But their exports, for example, the textiles that they export w- went down by 25% last mm. year. Their factories closed, demand for everything. So they had to dip into their... And their, their tourism was absolutely decimated, obviously, as well. And that's a big part of their, you know, their reserves, their dollars. So they had to dip into those dollars to pay for the oil and, and, and gas that they needed to use and everything else that they were importing, foodstuffs, medicine. And it has meant that their reserves have depleted from 7.6 billion in 2019 down to about 2.5 billion as it stands at the moment. This means that they literally cannot keep the lights on, right? And so they've been turning electricity off for 13 hours a day. Last Thursday, as people were out protesting in front of the President's Palace, the lights went out and they stayed off for 13 hours. It's believed that they're probably going to go up to 16 hours this this week. Oh my word. The inflation is through the roof. I saw an item yesterday actually on the news where a woman was buying an apple and it was 30 rupees last year and it's gone up to 150 rupees. So people are not happy. They're protesting outside the president's um, palace and and various different uh, government offices. And uh, yet tear gas has had to be pulled out and it's been used and there's been a number of injuries. I don't think anybody's died yet, thankfully, as a result of these protests. But there are other people who are dying as a result of lack of uh, lack of provisions yeah okay that's a that's a pretty dire situation but it's hard to see what the exactly what immediate the, the government can do about yeah this I mean the, the, the government themselves the cabinet have resigned I uh, read today that 40 MPs from the pr- president's party has resigned but he's not going anywhere and nor is his brother by the way I forgot to mention that <laughs> bit yes. his brother's the prime minister Ah, right. Okay. Well, I'm sure it's a coincidence. Uh, right Mexico we're going to go to next and uh, 20 people killed now I assume this was uh, huge amounts of criminality involved in this. It's gang related, all right, unfortunately. And it seems every time that we go to Mexico, and particularly to this particular state, Michoacan, we're always talking about this, unfortunately. 20 people were killed when a group of gunmen walked into an illegal cockfight, all right, that happened in this particular town, Las Tanillas. Okay, now this is a tiny place, it's got 10 streets. Um, initial reports seem to suggest that it was a gang on gang thing. Right, that yeah. these fellas burst out of a, a chip van which actually had been stolen the week before and reported missing and they went into this group of middle-aged men and they opened fire on them because they were trying to take down as many of the opposing gang members as they possibly could and of course the initial explanation was drugs but when I looked further in, into it it seems that this particular spot this particular town is known for um, uh, fuel uh, smuggling basically, and and that's what this particular area is known for. So whether it's drugs or whether it's fuel smuggling, who knows? It's all about territory, though, and Mm. unfortunately, 
this is how they deal with these problems, uh, intergang problems themselves in 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 this part of the world. Yeah, and, uh, and it looks like that kind of uh, this kind of thing isn't going to go away anytime soon. Nope. Uh, now, a point that's been made regularly while we're while we're thinking about Ukraine, wars have been going on in other parts of the world. Uh, for quite some time before that, we don't hear so much about it. Uh, Yemen, there is at least an attempt at peace talks. There is. It's it's a bit of good news, Sean. To be honest mm. with you, because like first of all, we've we've often said this: Yemen isn't covered as mm. much as it should be. I mean, there's what seven hundred thousand people have died as a result of that. I think, and, and many millions have been displaced. It's out of the way. It's one of the poorest countries in the world, and uh, there's been a proxy war going on there since about. Well, the war broke out in 2014, but the foreign involvement really started a year or two later. And um, good news, which most people probably heard, is that there's going to be a ceasefire for two months, right? So around Ramadan is when it started. I think Ramadan started the other day and it's going to last for two months. The bit of news that kind of wasn't reported was the fact that peace talks have started, right? But the problem with the peace talks is not everybody is there. Mm. So you've got three factions, right? You've got the government backed by Saudi Arabia, you've got the Houthi rebels who are Shia backed by Iran and you've got another smaller group, the Southern Transitional Council, right, who control Aden, which is the major port down there. Not the capital, but the major port. And the Houthis aren't going. And that's a problem because that's they're... That's a major yeah. component of the war. Yeah, well, they're yeah. the ones who started it. Yeah. And they're the ones who control the north and they have historically always controlled the north. And they're the ones who've always felt that they've been suffering under uh, Sunniization, I think, or Sunnification, yeah. whatever way it's said, I can't remember. And they're not happy about it. So historically, they've had problems with that. So leaving them out, well, they haven't been left out of the peace talks. They've been invited, but they've just decided not to go because they're being held in Saudi Arabia. So if they could move the talks to a neutral venue, then there's scope there. But the good news is that they all sides have embraced the ceasefire. And hopefully okay. it'll last for two months. So okay. there's hope there. Yeah, so there may be hardly a neutral venue. Not uh, at all. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, right, Zimbabwe we're going to go to next. This is an interesting story in the sense that historically it was the trend that you had large farms owned by white people and the government took them back off those and redistributed them. But now they're repossessing them from black farmers. Yeah, I, I remember having, at the time when Mugabe was doing this in the early 2000s, I remember having, it was big news actually. Mm. Um, it was 2000, I think, wasn't it? And, and I remember having several arguments with, with, with friends of mine at the time about it, whether it was right or wrong. Um, it was certainly, whether you believe it was morally right, it, it was logistically and practically wrong because it really messed the country up. Now, yeah. Mugabe, the reason he did it was because he, you know, he said that he was giving the land back to back, to back people, but really he was paying debts off that he owed to people who had fought the war for yeah. him. And it was a pension pot that he had basically put in his own pocket. So when they when they removed the white people off the land, farming went to pot basically, and and, and have, Zimbabwe prior to that was very very it was the breadbasket of Africa, the breadbasket of, of Africa, and yeah. now it imports food to feed its people, and oh. that's basically because they lost the knowledge, you know, yeah. all the knowledge that had been built up over years had had gone and had been handed over to people who didn't know what they were doing. That's effectively it. And now this has been acknowledged, right? In Zimbabwe, the government has started repossessing idle land from black farmers. That's their statement. They said they're taking it from black farmers. That's what they said in the statement. Um, and they're going to give it to people who want to take on the uh, task of farming the land. Some of those might be white commercial farmers that they're inviting to come back and work Mm. with together, although that was well down the statement. Uh, (laughs) There is a group of about a quarter of a million people, presumably many of them are black people who want to give it a go or might have skills, um, uh, and they're going to give it to those people on that list. 
Right, okay, that's an interesting move. Right, Tunisia we're going to go to now. Uh, now, can the president dissolve the parliament? Why does the president want to dissolve parliament? Okay, he is a president that's been there since 2019 and critically he was an independent candidate. So he had no political affiliation, right? There's been nine separate governments ever since they got rid of Ben Ali. So although it's been democracy and everybody has hailed the, the how wonderful it's been, it's been a bit of a disaster, right? The economy is... is totally uh, uh, slaughtered. Um, Last July, he suspended Parliament and Parliament was not particularly happy about that, right? And he took on various different uh, powers himself. He was able to issue decrees. And now the the, um, MPs, the Parliament is pushing back, right? And they're saying, uh, no, we're getting rid of the decrees that you've made in the last six or seven months. And in response, the President has said, well, I'm going to get rid of you. I'm dissolving Parliament. Mm. Problem is, under the Constitution, and he should know this because he's a former constitutional lawyer himself, he's not allowed to, all right? The MPs are supposed to vote uh, in a no-confidence motion twice in order for Parliament to be dissolved. So at the moment, there's a standoff. And where it's going to go, nobody knows. Um, Could it end up in court? Well, I'd say it'll probably end up somewhere else before that, if anything, to be honest with Mm. you. I mean, Tunisia you know, is is uh, a fairly... Uh, politics there is fairly um, heated, shall we yes, say. Yeah. And there are people out on the street at the moment. It goes back to the old question, who who has the army? Uh, and the moment, it's the president who has it. So the standoff, it'll remain to be, it remains to be seen how it'll end. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, it's, it's worrying. Sorry, Sean, just to finish on this, on this point. It's worrying because that part of the world, last week we spoke about Egypt and the IMF coming in, mm. bread prices going through the roof. It's the same in Tunisia. Uh, and various countries around there. So there's yeah. lots of tension yeah. boiling up around that part of the world. Uh, Cormac wonders, just in the planned ceasefire in Yemen, I just can't get my head around planned ceasefire. Did they just agree to stop kicking the crap out of each other for two months, after which they pick up their guns again? That's pretty much the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they will. Um, I mean, the, the the reason for it really is because now they can actually open up the ports. There's a, been a blockade and food and mm. oil can get in. So it's actually... It's really good news for the people who are most affected by it. You can be sure that the warlords and everybody else have been fine throughout. But there's been children and women and all sorts of people have been slaughtered during this particular war. It's been awful. Uh, Right, in the few seconds we have left, uh, what should we look out for over the next week or so? Yeah, um, Friday, I'm sure he's really looking forward to it. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz is travelling to London to meet Boris Johnson, who, remember, has got out of Partygate somehow. My predictions were (laughs) wrong. Yours were right, Sean. Uh, And it's what a Houdini. Unbelievable. And then Sunday, uh, the first round of the presidential elections in France. Macron, as it stands, is looking pretty good uh, Uh, to hang on. Le Pen's support is increasing. Is it? Okay, yeah, I, I only so. looked at the latest poll yeah. about two or three days ago, so yeah. I must have a look at that again. Yeah. Jonathan, thanks a million. Thanks, uh, as ever, Jonathan DeBurka Butler there. Moncrief on News Talk with Avant Money. Money when you need it with Avant Money credit cards. Avant Card DAC trading as Avant Money is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.